de hit. Hey, little girl, you don't have to hide nothing no more. Uit de gouden jaren 60. Hey, 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 hey. 70, 70, 70. What you got to say? 70. Oh, so to stay. En 80. Bij Extra Gold. Waar anders? This is the place where Elvis relives. Hello friends, this is Elvis Presley. Oh, he's such a sexy person. Oh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Manfish Flash. A fan from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania put it this way. There would be many with good voices and good looks, but there would be only one Elvis. Combine a powerful surge of electricity with innocence, sideburns, a southern accent, a smile that is the most devastating thing since the atom bomb, and a form that is capable of style, excitement, and magnetism. Give this form life with his love for the fans and theirs for him, and shatter the placid 50s with a rhythmic rockabilly roll that would fell the rafters of American popular music. Dedicated to his memory, and to the countless millions whose lives he touched. This is the legend of a king. Well, we're going to bring out the Memphis Flash now, Elvis Presley for name. Well, you know, a couple of weeks ago on the Milton Burrow Show, our next guest, Elvis Presley, received a great deal of attention, which some people seem to interpret one way and some viewers interpret it another. Naturally, it's our intention to do nothing but a good show. <laughs> Somebody's barking back there. We want to do a show the whole family can watch and enjoy, and we always do. And tonight we are presenting Elvis Presley in his, <laughs> what you might call his first comeback. <laughs> and at this time, it gives me extreme pleasure to introduce the new Elvis Presley. Here he is. Your millions of fans are really, really going to kind of a kick seeing a different side of your personality tonight. Well, uh, thank you, Mr. Allen. Uh, I'll hold way, your guitar here. It's not too often that I get to wear the, uh, suit and tails. Uh-huh. Stuff. Yeah. But, uh, I think I have on something tonight that's not quite correct for evening wear. Not quite formal? What's that, Elvis? Blue suede shoes. Oh, yes! I know what you mean. Well, Elvis, you're certainly being a real good sport about the whole thing, and now I have a little surprise for you. Gene, can I have the surprise? There you are. Thank you, Gene Rayburn. This, Elvis, believe it or not, is a giant petition. It was signed by three giants out in the alley. <laughs> no, seriously, this was signed by over 18,000 of Elvis's loyal fans saying they wanted to see him again soon on television. It was sent in to us just the other day by our good friend DJ Don Wallace in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 18,000 signatures on this. Elvis, it's a fine thing. <laughs> Wonderful, Mr. Allen. I'd, I'd like to thank, I'd like to thank all those, all those wonderful folks, and I'd like to thank you too. Well, that's Very okay, much. Elvis. Now, what you're going to sing for us first tonight? I want you. I need you. I love you. Here's the big RCA. Let me know where I stand 
from the start I want you, I need you, I love you With all my heart But every time that you're near All my cares disappear Darling, you're all the time living for I predict it's going to be one because I've heard you rehearse it. You're going to record it tomorrow called Hound Dog. I got you a very cute little hound dog right here. And away you go. Who's that? Yeah, you ain't never gonna rabbit and you ain't no friend of mine. You ain't 
Elvis was in New York in het Hudson Theater voor televisieopnames van de Steve Allen Show, welke uitgezonden werd via NBC. Op alle fronten werd dit voor Elvis een frustrerende belevenis. Zo was contractueel vastgelegd dat Elvis een maatkostuum aan moest, dat hij zich in tegenstelling tot de Milton Burl Show zich zou inhouden wat bewegingen betreft en dat hij mee zou doen in een flauwe comedy-sketch. Tot overmaat van ramp werd Elvis tegenover een hond geplaatst voor het zingen van Hound Dog. Elvis zou het het dier niet kwalijk hebben genomen, maar het is geen geheim dat hij dit optreden in zijn geheel niet met warme gevoelens in zijn herinnering bewaarde. Diezelfde avond werd Elvis nog telefonisch aan de tand gevoeld door High Gardner. Elvis bevond zich op dat moment in het Warwick Hotel in New York... toen hij vertelde dat het erg leuk was tijdens de net afgeronde televisieshow. Hello? One moment, please. High Gardner Tonight, as usual, the Herald Tribune syndicated columnist will be checking stories live and unrehearsed with names that make news. And to get right into action immediately with the most controversial entertainer of the year, well, you'll hear who. Hi, Mm. I have Elvis Presley on the phone. Hello. Hello. Hello, Elvis. Just one moment. Hello, Elvis. Hello. Did you have fun tonight on the Steve Allen show? Yes, sir. I really did. I really enjoyed it. First time you ever worked in uh, Tucks or Tales? Uh, it's the first time I ever had one on, period. You mean uh, you've got, as they say, four Cadillacs, but no tuxedos? No tuxedo. I usually drive the Cadillacs in blue jeans. <laughs> That's very interesting, particularly when a cop stops you and wants to know if you own the car, huh? That's right. You have to show them all, all your ownership papers and everything. You know, uh, less than two years ago, you were earning $14 a week as a movie usher and then $35 a week for driving a truck in Memphis. Today, you're the most controversial name in show business. Has this... Uh, Sudden notoriety affected your sleep, your appetite, or the size of your head? 
not the size of my head. Uh, it's affecting my sleep. How much sleep do you get? Well, I average about four or five hours a night, I guess. Is that enough? Well, it's really not, but I'm used to it, and uh, I can't sleep any longer. Uh, what do you what do you uh, keep in mind mostly? I mean, uh, some of the songs you're going to do, or or, or some of your plans, or, or what? What 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 goes through your mind? Well, uh, everything has happened to me so fast in the last year and a half till uh, uh, I'm all mixed up. You know, I mean, I can't keep up with everything that's happening. And uh, well, I think that I think that you you've got very good company in in uh, uh, Colonel Tom Parker. He his his feet are on the ground, and I think he's doing a wonderful job of keeping things rolling nicely. You know, uh, I want to uh, uh, give you an opportunity here to go over a lot of the rumors that have been printed about you, including a few that I printed myself, because some of these things can be checked and some can't, and I think that we ought to sort of fix up the record. Now, your style of gyrating while you sing has been bitterly criticized, even by usually mild and, and gentle uh, TV critics like, like Ben Gross. Now, do you bear any animosity towards these critics? Uh, well, not really. They, those people have a job to do, and they... They do it. And do you think you've learned anything from the criticism leveled at you? No, I haven't. You haven't, huh? Because uh, I don't, I don't feel that I'm doing anything wrong. Do you read the stuff? Do I read you mean the the reviews? Mm, not if I can help it. <laughs> do you, do you keep the scrapbook at all? Uh, only of the good stuff. <laughs> only on the good stuff. That's smart. Tell me, what kind of a teenager were you? Were you? Uh, did you consider yourself well behaved? Uh, yes. Uh, well, I was raised, you know. Yeah. In a pretty decent home and everything. My folks always made me behave what I wanted to or not. Well, how do they feel about your success and and, and, and the things that, that some of the critics have said about you, both good and bad? Well, uh, I guess they're just like myself. They're they're they're, they're very thankful for it. I mean, we uh, we always led a kind of a common life. We never had any luxuries, but we were never real hungry, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I guess they're just you know they're real proud, just like I am. Well, now, uh, there, there were two or three columns this week that carried items that you had bought four Cadillacs. Now, what is that of that, Elvis? Mm, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the truth. I, I, do have, I do have four Cadillacs. What do you do with four Caddies? Well, I, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I haven't gotten any use for four. I just, uh, you know, maybe someday I go broke and I can sell a couple of them. Uh, well, some people collect stamps and government funds. I guess Cadillacs are probably in the same category. I understand you gave one of them to your folks, is that right? Well, uh, anything that's mine is theirs. I mean, uh, uh-huh. all four of them is theirs. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm planning for seven. I mean, I, I want seven. Uh, you know. You want seven, huh? Yes. <laughs> well, you know what's going to happen? You'll wind up outdoing Carrie. will be the Presley Car Renting Corporation. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about the Presley used car lot, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I understand that you, you bought a home for your folks, and even though your father is only 39, you've insisted that he retire. Is that true? Uh, yes. Well, he's more help, I mean, he's more help at home than he is anywhere else because uh, he can take care of all my business. He can, uh, you know, he can look after things when I'm gone. Well, I think that's, I think that's very smart. On your, on your personal appearances, you create a sort of mass hysteria. Uh, amongst your audiences of teenagers. Is your shaking and quaking in the nature of an involuntary response uh, to this hysteria? Uh, would you say that again, sir? Well, I say that when, when you shake and you quake when you sing, is that the sort of an involuntary response to the hysteria of your audience? In- involuntary? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I'm aware of everything I do at all times, but uh, it's just the way I feel. 
I mean, for, for example, if somebody uh, is, is uh, playing ball, they play just a little bit harder when the fans root. And I was wondering whether this had anything to oh, do with sure. Well, I guess any artist, uh, if the audience acts like they're enjoying it, if they act like they're with you, well, it makes you put more into it, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you think that your rocking and rolling has had an evil influence on teenagers, or you think it's just an outlet? I, I don't see that any type of a music would, would have any bad influence on people when it's only a music. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I can't figure it out. I mean, in a lot of the papers, I say rock and roll is a big influence on juvenile delinquency. I don't think that it is. Uh, juvenile delinquency is something that's... Uh, it's, uh, well, it's it just, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I don't see how music would have anything to do with it at all. I understand that Mitch Miller of Columbia Records uh, defines rock and roll as a safe form of rebellion against mother, father, and teacher. Do you go along with this analysis? I don't exactly know what he means by rebellion. I mean, uh, how would rock and roll music make anybody rebel against their parents? Well, I guess that answers uh, Mr. Miller. Now, I've got a, a couple of, of questions here I'd like to, to sort of clear up. Uh, one of them, and, and it's sort of a, a silly one to me, uh, after having talked with you at, at, at some length earlier, uh, what about the rumor that you once shot your mother? <laughs> well, I think that one takes the cake. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's, that's about the funniest one I've ever heard. Where'd that one come from? Have you any idea? I, I have no idea. I, I can't imagine. When you mentioned it to me, it's the first time I've ever heard it. Is that right? First time I ever heard of it. Well, there's another one, too, you may not have heard before. Several newspaper stories hinted that you smoked uh, marijuana to hit the bottle in order to work yourself into a frenzy while singing. What about that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You won't even bother answering that? But, well, here's, a, here's a, a one very interesting. I don't know whether you noticed the column the other day. They, they predict that uh, uh, Elvis Presley will be another James Dean. Now, have you heard that? Uh, I've heard something about it. But uh, I, would, I would never compare myself in any way to James Dean because... James Dean was a genius in acting. Mm -hmm. Although I, I, I say that uh, that uh, I sure would like to. I mean, I guess there's a lot of actors in Hollywood that would like to have had the uh, the ability that James Dean had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would never compare myself with James Dean in any way. You know? Now, if you if you had your choice, would you prefer to be uh, an actor than to be a, a singing entertainer? Uh, if I were a good actor, of course I'm not a good singer, but. Uh, if I were a good actor, I think that I would like it a little better. Uh, although, uh, if I ever break into the acting uh, completely, I'll still continue uh, my singing. I'll still continue making records. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's always a very, very good sideline. Well, it was just uh, fine talking with you, and I hope that you'll uh, enjoy a, a long career, whether it's uh, acting or anything else. And I think that all of the things said about you, while well, they've been... Uh, extremely critical. I think they have helped to make you the kind of a big name that has made it possible for you to do the things for your folks you always wanted to. So I sort of think I'd look at it that way, Elvis. Well, sir, I tell you, uh, uh, you, you know, you, you got to accept the bad along with the good. I've, I've been getting some very, very good publicity. Mm -hmm. The press has been real wonderful to me, and then I've been getting some bad publicity, but you got to expect that. And uh, I, I know that, I mean, I'm doing the best I can, and uh, I have never turned a reporter down. I never turned a discharge down because they're the people that help make in this business. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, as long as I know that I'm doing the best I can, that, that's... No, you can't be expected to do any more. And I want to tell you, it's just been swell talking with you, and you make a lot of sense. Thank you very Give much. Give my best to the colonel now. Sure will. Bye-bye. Een dag later was Elvis in de New Yorkse RCA-studio te vinden... om na het al vele malen live gezongen te hebben... Hound Dog op te gaan nemen. 
Blueszangeres Big Mama Thornton was de letterlijke mama van deze bluesong. Maar het was de versie van Freddie Bell en de Bellboys die Elvis inspireerde. Toch gaf Elvis er uiteraard een geheel eigen draai aan, al zou dat wel 31 takes duren. Voordat we die masterversie instarten, outtakes zijn er simpelweg niet, eerst, zoals dat inmiddels hoort, de origineel draaien. Dus van Big Mama Thornton, geboren in 1926 in Alabama. Het zingen werd haar in de kerk al vroeg bijgebracht en op wat latere leeftijd beïnvloed door blueszangeressen als Bessie Smith en Memphis Minnie besloot ze blueszangeres te worden. In 1952 nam ze de Lieber en Stoller creatie Hound Dog op. En dan volgde in 1955 de versie van Freddy and the Bell Boys. Een rock'n'roll groep die door Elvis in Las Vegas gezien werd. En daar hoorde hij hun versie van Hound Dog. Welke hem deed besluiten dit lied ook op te nemen. En omdat beide versies zo belangrijk zijn voor de enorme monsterhit die Elvis ermee scoorde. Voor eenmaal beide ook gedraaid.
Met de Memphis Flash op Radio Extra Gold. Mediapages, het laatste nieuws online over radio en zeezenders. Steeds weer actueel op www.mediapages.nl. De ultieme Elvis fanclub It's Elvis Time wordt volgend jaar 60 jaar. Dat gehele stijl wordt natuurlijk groot gevierd. Beleef het allemaal mee. Dat kan op de website van It's Elvis Time. Of lees het informatieve It's Elvis Time magazine. En voor de rechtgeaarde fans, de webshop zit bomvol met uiterst vriendelijk geprijsde Elvis artikelen. Nog een aanrader, Elvis CD's, LP's en nog veel meer unieke Elvis merchandise vind je in Museum Rockart in Hoek van Holland. Hou de website, het magazine en zeker ook de radio in de gaten. Zo mis je helemaal niets over de 60ste verjaardag van It's Elvis Time. En uh, lid worden van It's Elvis Time, dat kan simpel op de site itselvistime.nl Elvis never left the building. Je vrienden van de radio. Je hoort ze bij Radio Extra Gold. Next piano player. Radio Extra Gold presenteert u chronologisch alle door Elvis Presley opgenomen liedjes. I'm anxiously waiting for this. The Memphis Flash met Fred van Veen. Who is he? What is he? The Memphis Flash op Radio Extra Gold. It's like a dream. You ain't nothing but a Well, that 
Terwijl het op de bühne al etterlijke malen vertolkt was, viel het in de studio op die tweede dag in juli nog niet mee. Maar misschien lag het ook wel in het feit dat Elvis een perfectionist was. 31 takes waren er uiteindelijk van Hound Dog voor nodig om Elvis tevreden te stellen. Helaas zijn er geen outtakes van deze opnamedag bewaard gebleven. Het studiopersoneel bestond deze sessie uit Scotty Moore gitaar, Bill Black bas, DJ Fontana drums en achter de piano was Shorty Long geboekt. Maar deze was verlaat en dus niet op tijd voor de opname van Hound Dog. Zijn taak werd overgenomen door Corden Stoker van de Jordanaires. En de naam is gevallen, de Jordanaires. Er zou een aparte aflevering van deze heren moeten komen om ze nader te belichten, maar... We beperken ons tot het muzikale levensverhaal van Elvis Presley. Toch hebben de Jordanaires een cruciale rol in dat muzikale verhaal. Want vanaf deze sessie tot zo'n beetje de sessies van 1968... zouden de heren Elvis van achtergrondzang voorzien. De Jordanaires werden in de jaren 50 gevormd door... Gordon Stoker Lead, New Matthews Tenor, Hoyt Hawkins Baritone... en Duke Jarrett Boss. Dit, dit, dit... Is de Memphis Flash met Fred van Veen. Hound Dog verdween op de B-kant van een single, maar niet zomaar een single. Trouwens, B-kantjes van singles werden destijds net zo makkelijk nummer 1 hits, vooral als de naam Presley het hoesje sierde. Die maandag tijdens deze sessie werd ook Don't Be Cruel opgenomen. Geschreven door Otis Blackwell, een bluesartiest welke Elvis erg goed vond. Elvis zelf slaat op de achterkant van zijn gitaar de maat mee. En ook dit liedje stond niet zonder slag of stoot zomaar op de band. 28 takes waren er nodig. You know I can be found Sitting home all alone If you can't come around At least please telephone Don't be cruel To who hard is true Baby, if I made a man For something I might have said Please don't forget my past The future looks bright ahead Don't be cruel To who hard is true I don't want no other love Baby, it's just you I'm thinking of Stop thinking of me Don't make me feel this way Come on over here to love me You know what I wanted you to say Don't be cruel To who heart is true Why should we be apart I really love you baby Cross my heart Let's walk up to the preacher And let us say I do Then you'll know you'll have me And I know that I'll have you Don't be cruel To who heart is true I don't want no other love Oh baby, it's just you I'm thinking of Don't be cruel To who heart is true Don't be cruel
Otis Blackwell is de componist van Don't Be Cruel. En ook Elvis staat vermeld als schrijver van het lied. Maar dat was niet meer dan een truc om ook aan de royalties te verdienen. Wanneer Elvis een liedje opnam van een willekeurige componist... dan verdiende de schrijver zeer behoorlijk aan zo'n opname. Zelfs als er een percentage voor Elvis en de kolonel ervan afging. Elvis schreef zo goed als nooit aan de liedjes mee... maar met zijn zangtalent gaf hij wel zo'n draai aan een liedje... dat het een unieke opname werd en dus goed verkocht. de sessie van 2 juli 1956 in New York. Het lied was via een demo tot Elvis gekomen... de dag voor opname door RCA-chef Steve Scholes... en Elvis was er behoorlijk enthousiast over. Twaalf takes en het lied stond op de band. Het was voor die snikhete juli-dag de laatste opname. Al gonst er rond dat ook Only You gezongen zou zijn... door de Memphis Fles. Al is die vermeende opname nog niet boven water... Later horen we hoe Elvis de acteur geboren werd. Eerst nog een interview die plaatsvond op dinsdag 10 juli in New Orleans. Kennelijk in een spontane opwelling stapte Elvis het radiostation WNOE binnen om wat geruchten te ontkrachten. Ladies and gentlemen, you have no doubt heard that we have had comments from June Wanico down in Biloxi concerning her uh, purported engagement to Elvis Presley. And we understand that as of this morning why they're not engaged nor is Elvis Presley engaged to anybody and we were shocked a few minutes ago by the man himself the man of the hour walking into the studios here he is Elvis Presley Elvis, Hello. how are you fine how are you sir wonderful when uh, when did you come into town uh well I just came in 
few minutes ago. Uh-huh. You drove up from... A few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, I was in Biloxi, and I, and I heard on the radio where I was supposed to be engaged to somebody, so I came to and see who I was supposed to be engaged to. Well, just what is the story? Are you engaged to anybody? No, I'm not. Uh, the girl they're talking about, uh, June Winico, I've dated a couple of times, but I mean, you know... Uh-huh. Are not, you... Uh, we're not engaged. Are you serious about anybody? No, I'm not. Uh, just serious about the music business. I'm serious about in. my career right now. That's right. Well, your career has been meteoric. It has been fantastic. And I know down here, as you probably know yourself, there are hundreds of thousands of your fans, and they're all probably wondering about your new releases and what your plans are for the immediate future. Well, I, uh, I, I don't know when a new release will be out. You know, my last one, I Want You, I Need You, I Love You, is doing okay. That's it's the biggest uh, understatement of the year, Elvis. This is one of the biggest smash hits in America today. <laughs> well, it's doing okay. I'll say it's doing okay. <laughs> and uh, my next one will probably be uh, Hound Dog, the one I've been doing on television a lot. Well, there have been a lot of people we've had a lot of, about it. You know, we've had a lot of requests. R.C. Victor has had a lot of orders, you know, mm -hmm. uh, wanting the record, and I had not even made it yet. Elvis, um, where is your hometown? Uh, Mem Memphis, Tennessee. When was the last time you were back in Memphis? I just water my huh? <laughs> uh, well, I was in Memphis uh, yesterday. Can you, in your own words, Elvis, tell us uh, why you think you are the big success that you are? Is there any one or two things you can point out? Uh, no, I don't. I can't think of anything uh -huh. specific. Just, I mean, the, the, the great backing that I've had, the, the people and my uh, managers and my assistants and all that sort of stuff. I've really done a wonderful job, and my uh, Milton Burrow, Steve Allen, the Dorsey brothers, and all of them have really helped. RCA Victor, everybody's just been really, uh, really helping me, you know. Well, wonderful. How old are you, Elvis? 21. And do you have, uh, what, what age do you think might be the best for you to get married? Uh, well, I never thought much about it. I, in fact, I have never thought of marriage. I've never even thought of it. Uh, I'll say this much, uh, I'm not thinking of it right now, but uh, if I were to decide to get married, uh, uh, it wouldn't be a secret. I mean, I'd let everybody know about it, but I have no plans for marriage. I have no specific loves, and I'm not engaged. I'm not going steady with nobody or nothing like that. Well, you know how this whole thing started last night? We got well, I, I don't... <laughs> I, I, excuse me for buttoning in, but I don't know how it got started, but everywhere I go, I mean... Uh, I'm either engaged or married or I've got four or five kids or something like that. But you're not. Everywhere I go, you're no. <laughs> That's right. I mean, uh, it just, uh, I don't know how they get started. I guess they get started about everybody. Well, Elvis, thank you so very much for taking your important time to come down here to WNO. Well, my time's not important right now. I'm on vacation. So. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> how long have you been on vacation? Well, about a month. I'm well, off for about three more weeks. Where do you expect to go? Uh, I plan to go to Florida, probably Miami. But, uh, and, and then I, 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 when I go back on on tour, well, I'll, I'll open up in Florida, I think, Tampa. I'm not sure. Well, Tampa. you probably won't have too much of a, of a vacation because of the tremendous amount of kids will be down there and fans will be... Well, I don't mind without them. I'd be, uh, I'd be lost. <laughs> well, Elvis, thank you so very much again, and we wish you lots and lots of good luck in your continued meteoric rise to stardom, which has been so phenomenal during the past couple of months. And uh, again, our many, many thanks from all of us here at WNOE. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed talking to you, and uh, I hope that we uh, uh, got the little rumor cleared up because it's, it's just a rumor, nothing more. If, if it wasn't, well, I wouldn't care for telling anybody. I wouldn't be ashamed of it. Uh, well, why don't you say it just one more time so people still don't get the wrong idea? Uh, uh, 
Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not engaged, if that's what it's supposed to be. Okay, Elvis, thanks a million. Thank you. Elvis werd geïnterviewd door een onbekende interviewer. Zes dagen later, ook in New Orleans, gaf Elvis nog een interview af. Ditmaal is de interviewer wel bekend, Jim Stewart. I've been getting some pretty bad publicity lately, especially after the Milton Berle show. I got quite a bit of bad publicity by my actions on the stage out there, but uh... I'll tell you one thing, Elvis Presley. Uh, we have 50,000 watts. And they're very strong here in the New Orleans area. And you'll never hear anything uh, other than Elvis Presley is a very fine person here. And I can speak in behalf of Larry Monroe and Hal Murray and uh, Jim Edwards on the night train and Mickey Scott and all the personnel here who have talked with you. We have been uh, playing your records for a long time. Well, thank you very much. I've been listening to your, uh, to, your, to your station for the past couple of days ever since I've been down here. And uh, I can say that, and uh, I certainly appreciate it a lot because uh, uh, if if there wasn't somebody on my side, I'd I'd, I'd be lost, <laughs> you know. Well, I find I have a, a little um, little note here. Ellery Wagner is the new president for the New Orleans fan club for Elvis Presley. I take it. Uh, have you met? Is it a young man? Is it Ellery? Oh, it's a girl. I see. Uh, have you met uh, Miss Wagner? I don't believe I have. Uh, If I did, it was a long time ago, and I forgot it. Back when I, you know, I was in New Orleans when I first started out in the business. Oh, you were in New Orleans? Yes, I was at Pontchartrain Beach. And uh, <clears throat> that's back when I first started out. And I've, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been around quite a bit since then. I've met so many people till it's hard to remember. Well, I heard the like, Democratic Party is trying to buy, uh, buy the uh, Elvis Presley block of votes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. Well, I'm, I'm afraid that the big, the the the, uh, the biggest part of them would be kind of too young to vote. You know? <laughs> well, I want to ask you one other thing. I was reading uh, one of the trade magazines. Uh, you made the statement, uh, whether or not you made it or not, we'll find out. Uh, that I want to make it while I'm hot. Uh, in reference to a, I mentioned earlier, disc jockey who said he would pay you a dollar a minute. Uh, for every minute you, he interviewed you on the air. And I, Elvis, don't, please don't hold me to that because I had to sell the station. Well, that's, uh, that's uh, one of the most untrue rumors that I've heard yet. Uh, I've, never, I've, I've never even, in fact, it's the first time I've ever even thought of anything like that when you mentioned it. But I think it's a good idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people that, that possibly don't like you, you know? And uh, there are a number of people who don't like me, and uh, probably Bob Hope right down the line, but what you do, you do well. So uh, I don't know why people, it's uh, just a, a certain amount of integrity that should go with this, like these quotes here and there that you read about you, now that you yeah. say there's no truth to them. Mr. Stewart, I'll, I'll tell you like this. Uh, I was telling a reporter a little earlier today, uh, there's people, regardless of who you are or what you do, there's going to be people that don't like you. There were people that didn't like Jesus Christ. They they killed him, and Jesus Christ was a perfect man, you know. And uh, there's going to be people that don't like you regardless of who you are or what you do, because if everybody thought the same way, they'd be driving the same car, they'd be marrying the same woman, and that wouldn't work out. You know? That's right. There's a lot of philosophy there. Very, very much so. Well, uh, how about your new release? I've got a million calls. I know that Mickey and Larry Monroe and Hal Murray and Jim Edwards have all received the same call. Why don't you play Hound Dog? And... Uh, we can't find it. And, uh, <laughs> well, I, it's probably because I hadn't made it yet. <laughs> uh, Hound Dog uh, should be out in the next three or four weeks. 
Now, I'm not sure, but uh, uh, I've got it to record yet. But I mean, after you record it, it don't take them just a week or two to get it out. Elvis, do you think there's any chance that you might uh, send us an exclusive on it? I'll see if I can. I'll see if I get my manager to send you a, one of the first copies that comes oh, out. Oh, we'd appreciate that, and we'll play it to the old dog's tongues hanging. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> do you write most of the lyrics for your tunes? Oh uh, no, I, I, I've never written a song. Never I, written a song. I've never written a song. Well, I wish I could. Uh, I wish I was like some of my uh, rivals, Carl Perkins and Gene Vincent. Those guys, they're they're pretty good songwriters. But me, I I did good to get out of high school, you know. <laughs> And well, I've Elvis, never written a song. Well, you don't need. You just keep singing. But uh, tell me one thing else. How long do you plan to be in Biloxi? Are you going back to Biloxi now? No, I'm not. I'm I'm going to uh, to uh, Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida. Yes. I, Are you booked down there? No, I'm I'm on vacation. I uh, I'm off for about three weeks. It's the first vacation I've had since I've been in the business. I see. I'm, I've been in the business about forty-three years now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Energy he uses eating sugar. Take box candy. Take half box candy. What does that mean? Oh, sugar. Eight half box candy. Oh, Elvis, did you eat up that box of candy I gave you? <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, one piece. Well, it was it was very good candy. Yeah. I, I, was, I saw the price tag on the bottom of it, you know. Ninety-eight cents, but... <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I stole it. <laughs> No, it, it, it was it, it was very good candy. I didn't know who it belonged to. It was just sitting in front of him, and I was eating it. I see. Well, uh, <laughs> you're sitting in front of him. Well, I'd like to play an Elvis uh, Presley tune here. Uh, who? Gene Vincent. Gene Vincent. <laughs> this boy is coming on. But, uh, I met Gene in New York. I, uh, uh, I met him last week. He was in the train station up there. I was, I was going to New York, I mean, from New York to Memphis. And Gene Vincent was in a train station. And, uh, I didn't know who he was. One of the boys in my band knew him, and I walked over and introduced myself to him. And uh, it's the first time I had ever seen him, or, or he had seen me on shows, but he had never, you know, I had never met him. And uh, I told him, I, I said, Gene, I said, congratulations on your record. I said, you really got a hit. And right immediately, he the first thing he said was, well, I wasn't trying to copy you. He said, <laughs> said I wasn't trying to sound like you. I mean, just right off of the bat, he said that, see, without he even being asked. Yeah. And uh, I told him, I said, oh, I know that. I said, that's just your natural style. <laughs> but uh, but the boy has got out a, a very good record. And I mean, I have people ask me all the time what I think about these people that that, that sound a lot like me. I mean, uh, well, uh, I was uh, I was the first one to come out with it, I reckon, is, is best I, uh, is, as far as I can remember. But uh, uh, those people that are, are, uh, that are using the style, I, I don't blame them. I'd probably jump on the bandwagon too you know cool well one last question uh how long do you think that uh rock and roll will last now or do you think that it's well i wish i knew that's a question that if i if if i could answer i'd be making plans for the future but i don't know i'll say this it's it, it's it's very hot now and i like it i enjoy rock and roll a lot of people like it a lot of people don't but uh as long as it lasts as long as it sells i'll continue doing it as long as that's what the people want and if they change if it dies out i'll try to do something else and if that doesn't work i'll just say well i had my day en ook in dit interview ontkrachten elvis enkele bizarre geruchten rond zijn persoon 
Begin augustus is Elvis in Tampa, Florida voor diverse concerten. En uiteraard wordt hem ook daar de interviewmicrofoon onder de neus geschoven. Uh, uh, I've got songs I've never recorded before and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. It's got stuff like Tutti Frutti and I got a woman in Wilbur Town. Yeah, Fat Boone I put that out in. Yeah, Fat Boone recorded. Yeah, I have a lot of arguments about that song. Who does it the best? But there's no doubt in my mind how it sounds the best for his rhythm. Well, I appreciate a whole lot talking to you, Elvis. And, uh... I'll be looking for you to come back around. Great pleasure, and thanks You're a lot. Have you ever played Detroit? Never have. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, I'll play this for a long time to come. Thank you, Ray. Ray Pillow en Norma Pillow, beide in Tampa, Florida, die Elvis interviewden op 5 augustus 1956. Dan, ook in Florida, maar dan Lakeland, wordt er op 6 augustus een wel zeer uitgebreid interview van Elvis afgenomen. Elvis staat Paul Wilder in Paul Theater te woord. What is Presley's answer to his critics? Well, those people got a job to do, and they do it. That's a good answer. Let me read to you an article from the Miami. I've already read the article. You read that one? Yes, sir. How do you feel about it generally? Well, uh, Idiot's Delight. He called me Idiot's Delight. He said all the kids was a bunch of idiots. They should all be slapped in the mouth. What I think Let me read it to you. I think that's a little bit different. It says, When this day is over, an unhealthy hunk of Mima's teenage girls will have unashamedly screamed their lungs out to frank adoration of the biggest freak in modern show business history. In seven stage shows at the Olympia yesterday and today, Elvis Presley is, is a no-talent performer riding the crest of a wave of mass hysteria on princess. Um... Do, do you want, uh, how's your feeling on that parenthesized item? No talent performer. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to think about it. Um, well, he, he ain't, ain't like he, ain't, he ain't, he ain't nothing but an idiot. He wouldn't set up and write all that stuff. Uh, he just hates to admit that he's too old to have any more fun, you know? <laughs> He's drawing an average of 2,000 kids a show, and nearly all of them are girls. 
And we're continuing now with this quotation. Elvis can't sing, can't play the guitar. Uh, can you play the guitar? No, and I can't sing either, but somebody likes it. <laughs> <laughs> and can't dance. No, can't dance. <laughs> I, can't yeah. do, I, I can't do nothing but uh, but read Herb Raw's uh, article in the newspaper. That's all I can do. Yeah, 2,000 idiots per show, containing the quotation. Yelp, every time he opens his mouth, plucks a guitar string, or shakes his pelvis like any striptease babe in town. You, you shake your pelvis like any striptease babe in town? Well, he should know. I guess that's where he hangs around. <laughs> in over a decade of active professional participation on the fringes of show business, we've never seen anything like it, Ralph says. Nor, nor can we understand it. A division of instruments fresh in the front lines never screamed at Bob Hope like Mama's teenagers are screeching for Elvis Presley. Judy Garland killed him at the palace, but they never heard anything like this Olympia swing day. Nor did Al Jolson at the height of his glory, or Frank Sinatra, or Will Rogers, or Jerry Lewis, or Bing Crosby. New paragraph. If what Elvis Presley dishes out is entertainment, then we give up. We're beyond our teens, but not so ancient that we can't appreciate what might appeal to a youngster. New paragraph. Except in regard to Presley. New paragraph. There is our quote, warm-up, unquote, screen program prior to the proceedings on stage. One of the movie shorts is a rock and roll thing featuring Bill Haley and his cops. New paragraph. They yell and scream through this, too. And if it weren't for the cops and firemen on hand, they'd dance in the aisles also. The scream warm-up routine is reminiscent in staging of another kind of film prior to another kind of performance in another kind of house. Hold it. Press it, Uh, Sir, those kids that come here to, and pay their money to see this show come to have a good time. What's his name here? Probably might have had a little fun when he was young. I doubt it. Herb Rao, whatever his name is. I mean, I'm not I'm not running Mr. Rao down, but I, I just don't see that uh, he should call those people idiots because they're somebody's kids. They're somebody's decent kids, probably that was raised in a decent home, and he's he 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 hadn't got any right to call those kids idiots. If they wanna if they wanna pay their money and come out and jump around and scream and yell, it's their business. They'll grow up someday and grow out of that. While they're young, let them have their fun. Don't let some old man that's so old he can't get around sit around and call them a bunch of idiots because they're just human beings like he is. Okay. We'll go back to a quotation. Uh, they can't like Presley for his voice or his guitar playing, <laughs> no matter how lousy both may be. They can't adore him for these things because they scream so loud they can't even hear him sing or strum his guitar. Do you strum your guitar? Uh, well, I beat on it. I have for quite a number of years. So I don't, I, I'm, not an, I'm not an expert on it. I, I'll say this, and uh, 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 I'd like to add it to what I just got through saying about about him. Uh, as a rule, most of the adults are real nice. Mm -hmm. They're understanding. They, 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 uh, I've had them come around to me with the hundreds and say, I don't personally like your kind of music, but uh, uh, my children like it and, and so on, and, and, and if they like it, well, I, I hadn't got any kick about it because when I was young, I liked the Charleston. I liked the Foxtrot. I liked this and that. They, uh, are, they're uh, adults with a little intelligence. I mean, you know, that they don't run the people in the ground for having a nice time. Okay, back to the clipping. What remains, unfortunately, are his pelvic gyrations, and that's the core of his whole appeal, quote, sex stimulation. Any answer to that? Well, I don't uh, uh, roll my, uh, what do you call it, pelvic gyrations. Uh -huh. My 
pelvis has nothing to do with what I do. I just, uh, I, I, I get kind of rhythm with the music. I jump around to it because I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm not trying to be vulgar. I'm not trying to set any sex. I'm not trying to, uh, to look vulgar or nasty. I'm just, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm trying to make the best of it. Uh, where did you get the name uh, Elvis the Pelvis? From somebody just like the character that's writing this article here. Do you have any idea who? No, sir, I wish I knew. I don't know. Uh, of course, uh, I, I don't like to be called Elvis the Pelvis, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the most childish expressions I've ever heard coming from an adult. Elvis the Pelvis. But uh, uh, if they want to call me that, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it, so I just have to accept it. It's like you got to accept the good with the bad, the bad with the good. Okay. Back to the quotation. We're no prude, but we might suggest a gift in these our 14,000 mama girls who, if they were, if, as if it were a fetish, are vocally and mentally and genuflecting to Elvis Presley. A solid slap across the mouth. He, he means, uh, Rao means a slap across the mouth to these girls. Have you any comment to that? Uh, yeah, but I don't think I should say it, you know. Okay, there. okay. This isn't over the air, this is for TV well, guy. TV guy, I, I, don't, I don't think I should say it, you know. Okay. Because I'm now, a singer, not a fighter. No, they also ask... <laughs> I ask, where did you pick up your style? Well, sir, I, uh... I don't know, I really don't know. I just started out doing what I'm doing now. Um... Yeah, have you ever seen anybody else do it? No, sir, never have. Have you got any, uh, any techniques you've added since you started in show business, or is these all... Uh, no, sir, I've been doing the same thing. You know, I've only been in the business, excuse me, about a year and a half. Uh-huh. And, uh, I'm doing the same thing that I started out doing. I haven't added or taken anything away. Did your first, um, appearances I mean, did, did your first success occur in records or in personal appearances? My records started selling very well, and then I... Your started. records sold before you made any success as an performer? Yes, sir. So do you think that your gyrations um, merely add to the performance you give, or uh, do you? Do you yeah. think that the, the movements you make uh, have made you famous, or your style of singing? I don't know, sir. You have any idea? I can't okay. Um, there was a. I read a clipping somewhere where uh, you were attributed as saying that uh, the holer roller. You would. I have never roller. used that expression. Uh, but that's another deal. See, I belong to an assembly of God church, uh -huh. which is a holiness church. Uh huh. I was raised up in a little Assembly of God church, uh -huh. and some uh, character called them Holy Rollers. Oh, I see. Uh, well, and, and, and that's where that got started. I, I always attended a church where people sang, stood up and sang in the choir, and, and, uh, and worshipped God, you know? Uh-huh. And I, uh, I have never used the expression Holy Roller. Do you still attend church? Uh, every opportunity I get, I'm, I don't have as much uh, opportunity as I used to because I'm on the road most of the time. In the whole in this church, do they have peppy music? Peppy music? Mm -hmm. They sing uh, hymns and spirituals. They sing spiritual songs. Do they song. sing them at fast tempo? Uh, yes, sir, they do sometimes. Mm -hmm. do, do that has 
How long have you been going to that church? Ever since I was old enough to walk. About five or six, huh? Yes, sir. And uh, do you think you transfer some of that rhythm into your... That's thing? not it. Uh, I, I, that's not it at all. They, they was, there was some article came out where I got the jumping around from my religion. My religion yeah. has nothing to do with what I do now. Uh-huh. Uh, because uh, the type of stuff I do now is, is not religious music. Um, and uh, my my religious background has nothing to do with the way I sing. Do you recall the first time you sang in public? Um, do you remember when the first time you yes, sang in public? Yes, sir. Back when I was about ten, eleven year old, I was in a, well, a pro- an amateur program in a fair. And did you um, did you use a lot of gyrations then? Well, I wasn't doing the type of songs I'm doing now. Oh. Nobody knew what rock and roll was back in those days. Well, when you hear rock and roll, it gets you on the fire, or...? Oh, I, uh... Not when I just hear it on the radio. When yeah. I'm doing it on the stage, I, You have to put on a show for people. Yeah. In other words, people can buy your records and hear you sing, and they don't have to come out to hear you sing. You have to put on a show in order to draw a crowd. Yeah. If I just stood out there and sang and never moved a muscle, the people would say, well, my goodness, I can stay home and listen to his records. That's right. But you have to give them a show, something to uh, talk about. Now, in this show, it, we've established that it is a show that you put on. Now, how did you get the idea for the rapid amount of action? Did, have you ever, have never seen anybody move around as much? No, sir, I never have. Uh, I just you never had any old showman advise you you ought to do it? Nobody has ever told me. Uh huh. Where is the first time that you used the the fat, rapid My very action? first appearance uh, after I started recording, I was on a show in Memphis where I started doing that. And I was on a show as an extra added single, a big jamboree in an outdoor theater, an outdoor auditorium, and uh, and I came out on stage and I, I was I was scared stiff. Mm-hmm. It was my first big appearance in front of an audience. And I came out and I was doing a fast type tune, uh, one of my first records. And uh, everybody was hollering and I didn't know what they were hollering at. Everybody was screaming and everything. And then uh, I came off stage and my manager told me that uh, they was hollering because I was wiggling my legs. Mm-hmm. And I was unaware of Who was your manager? Bob Neal. Bob Neal, okay. And, uh, and so I went back out for an encore and I, uh, I did a little more. And uh, the more I did, the harder they went. Three a day. Three a day. On the vitamins? <laughs> I was thinking, I thought you were about three a day show. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Now we're down to the question. In other words, you picked up your style when they from when they appreciate just a little wiggle, you figured they'd appreciate more with a little more wiggle and they did. So now you really give them the works, right? That's right. Okay. I'll say this, sir, before we go any further. It's back on the subject we were talking about at first. Uh, talking about reporters, there's a rumor has gotten out that I don't have no time no time for reporters, that I just answer with a yes or a no. And it's very untrue. I, I, I have my first one yet to turn down. I've never turned down a reporter. I've never turned down a disc jockey. I know that I can't visit radio stations like I'd like to, but I don't have time. And... Uh, I have never turned down a reporter. I have never been uh, uh, sassy to one. In fact, I've never been sassy to anyone. And uh, I've always 
stayed and talked to them as long as they as long as they wanted to talk. And uh, I, I admire them. Well, because they keep us in business. I mean, the newspaper columns, the reporters, the disc jockeys, they are, we all work hand in hand. Do you recognize or do you have any idea one way or the other whether the criticism has helped or hurt your career? I don't know, sir. I, I wish I Would knew. you agree with, uh, with myself in the opinion that the criticism has helped skyrocket you with a defense coming to your rescue every time somebody knocks you, every knock with a boost, in other words? Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, uh, um, what was, uh, here's a new question now. What is your reaction to the NBC comment after they learned Sullivan had hired you that uh, you are just a flash in the pan? Maybe they're right. Uh, I don't know. Do you Nobody know? knows. In fact, if I knew, I would, uh, I would be a... Uh -huh. A mastermind, I'm not. Okay, that's a good answer. Um, next question is, what about your acting career? Do you have any plans for an acting career? Yes, I do. I, uh, you have a contract now with... I one with Paramount. And how long is it? Seven it? years. Seven years, and how many pictures? Picture a year. Picture a year. Um, can you give me an approximation of the amount of that contract over the seven years? for the amount of fees that you'll receive? No, sir, that's never been released. Uh, have you ever had any experience in acting before? I've never read a line in my life. Uh, how, do, how do you figure on going about learning to become an actor? Uh, sir, I don't think you learn to become an actor. I think you just, uh, maybe you've got a little bit of acting talent. You develop it. I don't think you learn to be an actor. If, 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 you, if you learn to be an actor, in other words, if you... Uh, well, well, you're not a real actor. You're, you're well, are you leaving? False. Uh, are in in your acting, are you uh, taking advice from anyone? I Tom Parker. I take advice from anybody. Well, I mean, is but anyone I, responsible for assisting you in that? Uh, well, the colonel is responsible for assisting me in everything. Uh huh. Well, I, I've, I've talked to veteran actors. I've talked to uh, a lot of the producers and directors in Hollywood, and they they, they always give me advice. Well, I, I wouldn't say that, but but they told me that I had good possibilities because I uh, when I took my screen test, like I said, I had never read a line, I had never studied acting or been in any plays or anything. I just I got out there. I knew my script. They they sent it to me before I came to Hollywood. And How I got long out the script was it? How many pages or lines? You know. Well, about 15 pages, I guess. Uh -huh. Go ahead. And uh, I knew my script, and I got out there and just tried to put myself in the place of the character I was playing. I just tried to act as natural as I could. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, did you have any wheels that approved the test that you know? You know, you mean, uh, any of the movie wheels? Well, all of them saw it. Uh-huh. Let me see if it's picking up. All right. <coughs> uh, do you... Uh, do you look forward to your acting career? Or yes, I do. I, I think I'm going to enjoy it. Do really you do. think that will eventually become your main source of income? I don't know. <laughs> Wait and see. Uh, are you looking... That is the next question. Are you looking for a TV show of your own? No, I'm not. I've never thought about it. If not, why not? No, I'm just not ready for that yet. Uh, you mean in, the experience, in your own experience? That's you're right. not ready yet? That's right. 
Next question. Who are your most avid fans? What age group would you say? Well, I don't know. I, most of the teenagers, I guess. Uh, do you, have you had many older people uh, grow real excited when you're around? Did you recall? Well, I, not when I'm around. I've tried to get to you. It's yes, I've, much seen, I've seen quite a few adults. Uh, Men or uh, women? Mostly women jump up and down and scream. And uh -huh. Do you recall seeing any gray-haired women jump up and down? Uh, well, there was one in Tampa, Florida, yesterday. That was uh, August the 5th. August the 5th, yeah. There's one lady. Uh, what did she do? year old or 70. She was completely gray-haired. She was clapping her hands and, and everything. Just right along with the other people. Um... But most of them are teenage girls. How about the boys? Well, the boys, uh, they, 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 seem, they seem to like the music. Next question. Um, how about tiny children? Do you have many tiny children before we go to the next question? Quite a few of them. In fact, I guess uh, I get more real, real tiny ones than uh, I have adults. How do you handle autographs? Well, what, do you, well, what do you mean? How, how do you keep from, uh, do you autograph everyone that, that reaches you? Everyone that gets to me, I always do. Uh-huh. I never turn uh, anybody down. Sometimes you go, you seem to disregard the, the protection given you by uh, people in the theaters and the ushers and so forth and, and uh, maybe shake hands with someone and reach over the rail or something like that or you open the window when you're riding in a car when you know it's, you shouldn't. Yes. Why do you do that? Because I hate to, uh, in other words, if it wasn't for uh, getting mobbed and maybe clothes torn off and stuff like that, I would go right out in the middle of those people. But uh, I hate to turn anybody down who wants autographs, and buys pictures and wants to get them signed. I, I, uh, How many autographs do you sign a day? Well, I don't know. But uh, I hate to turn anybody down. But in a situation like... Uh, well, most of the time, the, people, the crowd is so large that so you couldn't autograph everybody. Have you noticed the girls who scream and uh, shout the most? Uh, are many of them blondes? Have you noticed? No, that doesn't mean anything. No, I, I seem like so many of the girls that I've seen are bleached blondes. Do you, you, hope you yeah. don't notice? I haven't seen that many. I saw more in Tampa, Florida, on the same date than uh, anywhere else. Oh, that just seems to be a local situation. Yeah, that just probably happened. Maybe it's a fad going around town. That doesn't mean, I mean, it's girls, brunettes, redheads, streaky and everything. Yeah. Most of the boys, do most of the boys wear long sideburns, or do you notice? No. But there's a lot of them wear them, but I guess it's more of a crew cut than anything else. Uh-huh. How did you happen to adopt long sideburns? I just always wanted to when I was growing up. I always wanted to grow them because, uh... You made uh, you feel like a bigger man or older? Yeah, it make, makes you look a little older, and I always, I just, I just always liked them. Did, did you ride motorcycles when you were a kid? No, sir. I ride, I ride one now, but uh -huh. I Generally, you think of a motorcycle rider as being long sideburns, that's why I was yeah. asking. Um... How's showtime? We we doing all right? Yeah, we got a few more minutes. Uh, next question: Do you have any opinion why you are such a big hit? 
Now this is a question that a lot of people want to know, so why I don't think about it, yeah. Oh, that's a pretty stiff question, sir. I don't know how to answer you. I just, uh, well, it's all happened so fast. I mean, so I don't know. I don't know what it is. Well, now, when, when, uh, when you're performing, and the in the screams, you realize that the, every movement will bring a surge of screams from the crowd. Do you enjoy making a movement that will make the crowd scream? And um, do you do you sort of play the audience? I mean, see which side of the uh, auditorium you make scream, or do you try to work the audience in any way? Just try to work the audience. Half the time I can't even see the audience. Half the time. And, and uh, in most theaters and auditoriums, the, the lights keep you from seeing any, anywhere. Um, I sometimes the kids I know is you throw your head back and laugh. Is it because uh, you enjoy making those? A surge of noise come up? No, uh, I get tickled. I, I get tickled sometimes. Maybe some little girl. Some individual? Or a girl, an individual in the front row will do something real funny like uh, grab her hair or something like that. What's the funniest thing that you recall seeing happen on the front row? Mm-hmm. It made you laugh. And did, have you ever gotten broken up on your show by something happening in the front of you? whole band has several times. Yeah. Where was the last time? I don't remember exactly where, but a couple of times I had to walk off stage. I guess, or because of the rough house or because you got tickled? Because I got tickled. Can you remember that incident when you had to walk off stage? Uh, I remember what was happening. The uh, This girl, this blonde girl in Atlanta, Georgia, had come to three different shows and, uh, and had sat on the front row and screamed all through all of them and then the night we closed well, she decided to come up on the stage so she made a dive for the stage and, and had got almost up there and about five policemen grabbed her and she was uh, fighting just like some man was. I'm done. And, and, everything. and the audience would just, just broke the audience up. Uh-huh. She was screaming let me at him and stuff like that. Yeah. And I got, I got some tickled until I had to walk on the stage. Well, did you leave for her protection or just because you were tickled? Because I was tickled. Uh-huh. And then did you come back out? Yes. Uh-huh. And by that time, what had happened to the girl? They had killed her. I don't know. You don't know what I, didn't, I didn't see her anymore. I must uh-huh. uh, It asked another question, which I've already asked you, I think, but I'll ask it again. How do you feel about having to calm down for the Steve Allen show? You say you didn't have to calm down. No, I didn't have to. Nobody asked you? Your manager? Yeah, yes. People asked me, but I didn't still didn't have to unless I wanted to. But I didn't want to make anybody mad, so I did. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you a question or two about Tom Parker. How did that's the Colonel Tom Parker of Madison, Tennessee, who managed Hank Snow, uh, uh, Eddie Arnold, and uh, some of the others? How did you first uh, meet Tom Parker? Well. Uh, when I was with Bob Neal, Bob Neal was my manager. The colonel, the colonel used to take shows out on the road. He'd hire me for an extra added single, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he undoubtedly liked the performance that we did. So he, uh, he decided to uh, he decided to uh, start working together. Him as my manager. Well, did Bob Neal turn you over to Tom? Yes. Well, his contract was up. Well, his contract was up. Yes, I had been with him a year. And. Uh, 
when uh, did you pick Parker, or did Parker come for you? Well, we more or less picked each other. In other words, it was like this. The Colonel, uh, if you want me as your manager, I'll, I'll do the best I can. And, and uh, I told him, if you'd like to manage me, I'll work with you. It was a deal like that, you know. What date did Tom Parker take over? Uh, it was March the 15th. Of what year? This year? Yes, sir. 1956. Uh, uh, this, this is August. Yeah. And he's just been with you for three months. Well, you're oh, already. Wait now. Uh, March, April, May, June, July, August. He's been with about six months. Six months. Uh, has that been the period of your biggest rise in popularity? Yes. Definitely. Do you re do you uh, ascribe any of that rise in popularity to his operation? Uh, most of it, yes, sir. Well, then I, a while ago I asked you a question about uh, uh, do you have any opinion as to why you're such a big hit? Do you think that the promotion uh, uh, which Parker handled has anything to do with that, you becoming a solid hit, or do you think you would have been a hit anyway? That's um, kind of a tricky question, but uh, where you... How, how are you doing? Well, the Colonel is a very the, the Colonel is a very well. I was doing. I was making quite a bit of money, but I mean, I wasn't as nationally known as I am now. Because uh -huh. the Colonel is uh, has a very has a lot of a lot of friends in the entertainment business. He has a lot of connections. Oh yeah, knows lots of people that uh, are important wheels in the business. Do you recall any publicity gimmick or promotion gimmick that he used that amused you particularly that worked out? He's a very amusing guy. He plans stuff that. Nobody else would even think of. No, I, I could tell you lots of things. I don't have the time right now. Okay. Um, getting no, getting there, right? Okay. Well, I'll thank you.